this thing. No title again. Uh, you can thank Anthony Marco for that, uh, and he would be puzzled if he heard this, because what's the connection? And the connection is uh, David Bowie. Well, what's the connection to David Bowie in this? Well, nothing except that. I listened to Anthony today. Uh, nice to have him back again. Apparently he was a bit ill over the holidays, and oh my God, what a busy man. You know, instant family, and man, oh man, what a change of life. But I've said that before. Uh, but uh, hats off to Anthony. Uh, he was playing in the background on uh, today's podcast, uh, which also, by the way, another thank you to Anthony for repeating himself, because sometimes I worry I'm the only one who does, and uh, it was a pleasure to hear him repeating uh, the story about the duct tape and the high chair and uh, the uh, unflating Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 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 uh, moving on. Uh, God, I got the windows open. I'm in my car. I've done something I think is a bit foolish. I'll get back to Anthony in a minute. Um, I drove to Thompson Park. Uh, yesterday was the gigantic, enormous, uh, historic proportions snowfall that uh, came on uh, much of Ontario. And boy, it hit us hard, like cars are buried, you know. And um, our road, our main road out, got plowed at 2.15 this morning. I know because the truck woke me up. Uh, but yesterday, my wife was determined to go to work, and I was determined to keep her home. Not keep her home, but discourage her from getting on the roads. She would have got stuck. It, it was just a nightmare out there. And um, so she didn't. But uh, she, Daniel, and I took turns shoveling so that uh, when it came today, well, actually, when it came today, after the trucks plowed, they blocked in the driveway, as they do. And there, there were times in the old days when these things that are called windrows, the plow would take them out, open them up for you. But uh, I think yesterday there was, the crews were far too busy for that kind of thing. I saw that Mississauga... Offers it to seniors over 65. They will do it for free, but only the first 50 to put in their application. So it's a bit of a crapshoot, that one. Anyway, the reason I'm questioning my decision, uh, I came up Bellamy and along Lawrence, and holy shit. Uh, I'd forgotten that Lawrence is all hills. Uh, well can't be all hills but there's a lot of uphill and I was behind the number 54 bus and it was taking its time and luckily this little um, Toyota you can manually put it into first gear or low gear low second third so I just you know kept my foot off the accelerator kept a big distance between me and that bus in front of me everybody else is changing lanes into the other the lane to the left was a little clearer on the other side of the road, heading east, there was a bus parked on the side of the road facing west. How it got there, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's the kind of thing. Yesterday, there were stories of uh, I, I, like 400 buses stuck 
Over 400 stuck on the streets in Toronto. Just, you know, bam. Uh, even on routes they didn't take because their own routes are blocked and they were doing bypass routes and uh, detours and getting stuck. There was one where civilians were civilians, <laughs> citizens, <laughs> uh, call in the army, were uh, shoveling and pushing and trying to get these things moving, like whole streets just completely blocked. So we were kind of lucky. Nalco stayed home. She was able to do a lot of her work by phone talking to uh, seniors. And, um, yeah, so it's shoveled. And today I got out the snowblower. Uh, we have an electric snowblower that I bought from, uh, uh, what's his name, that Gappage guy. A guy used to do a podcast called Gappage. Brent, yeah, I think he married recently. Um, Brent's mother via Brent's brother. And boy, was that ever a nice help to widen the opening at the entranceway to the, uh, the driveway and so on. Uh, because I can't shovel, I can't lift heavy stuff. That's why, uh, we have Daniel at home and, uh, he was a huge help yesterday. Okay. Jesus. You know, how boring is that? So anyway, I was listening to Anthony. Uh, said, oh, I got to hear some David Bowie. I haven't heard from him a long time. Knew there was a drawer where Nalco had her CDs, you know, uh, saved. And went in there and found this wonderful old uh, tune um, collection that it's in my handwriting. But why I put this together, I have no idea. song is called Tuli Uli Duli. Um, wonderful stuff. I guess that'd be the um, Andrews sisters or the Maguire sisters, not sure which. Um, some gems on this CD, but the point was, I love ripples. It was listening to Anthony that got me to David Bauer, that got me to the drawer in our living room, that got me to this CD. Okay. Like, it, it, the, the ripples don't matter, but people do touch each other. I hope listening to this, it's going to touch you somehow, some way, to cause you to think something, remember something, call somebody, play something. It just the, the ripples that we all touch each other, and we hope it's in nice ways, you know? Uh, anyway, I had a whole... Liz, I haven't talked to you for a while. Today is, uh, let's do that. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, Tuesday, January 18th. So Monday was the big snowstorm. Um, gosh, we've had my son's birthday since then. I think I've talked about that. <sighs> do I just go on or do I refer to notes and figure what do I want to, uh, what do I want to do? Sunday, all right, yeah, I'll go back a little. Sunday, I listened to our church service again. I hadn't for a very long time. As you know, I've talked about dropping out of the church. And I realized yesterday the main reason was Greta left. If Greta had still been the minister, uh, she's been off on sick, but I don't think she's ever coming back to that church. Um, if she had still been the minister, I might still be going because listening to her was like, you know, sitting in a college class and, and being challenged. And I haven't felt that since. Um, so that was a part that was missing. We had a new part-time minister, and they didn't give her enough to do, and she just simply uh, gave up and left. And they had a new one. I thought, ooh, I, maybe I'll check out the new minister. And I guess partly was curiosity. This person is trans. And my feeling was, well, not surprising, she ended up, he, sorry, he. Now I can't remember. She. Let's see, where are we? Uh, she, her, yes, those are the pronouns, I apologize, ended up, I couldn't even give you her name, um, I wasn't impressed, and it's nothing to do with a person being trans, I just didn't, didn't speak to me, didn't resonate, 
uh, she finished her sermon and said, okay, thanks, bye. That's all sort of, you know, instead of, hey, let's engage. Are there any questions? And Scott had to fill in and say, well, well before we go, it's 1130. We go till noon, you know, maybe we can break up into rooms, have some conversation or, uh, gee, you know, any comments? And it could have been she was nervous. It's only her first time to do the main address. The title was Quantum Entanglement. Um, she opened with Bob Marley, um, the person who was in charge of, you know, getting everything ready. The uh, Hadn't been told, apparently. Bob Marley's One Love, which is good. Um, she is a theist, and I well, that's odd. West Hill... You know, Greta went out. You know, her battle was on being an atheist and almost getting kicked out, but uh, they lost the battle. A ridiculous thing. I mean, that was another turnoff. That oh my god, we got lawyers involved and payments that nobody's allowed to know about, and the actual end result and a battle with the United Church, and it got personal. And oh no, and suddenly we've got an atheist. And I thought, well, how did that happen? I mean, a theist. But she said, but that doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, you know. And perhaps it doesn't. Anyway, I, I, I didn't want to say anything bad, uh, so I guess I won't say any more. I'm just, bam, okay, done. I'm, I'm done because they have the fight they have at the Boys and Girls Club. Interesting thing. Uh, the locks were changed and nobody who went to do the service, which they do every Sunday in the church, just the people putting on the uh, Zoom presentation, uh, apparently weren't notified. And uh, they had to scramble to find, okay, now how are we going to put a service out for all the people uh, listening in from England, United States, and so on. I hardly recognized anybody. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, let's park that. Jeopardy. I'm watching Jeopardy. I really like Amy Schneider. Uh, there's another trans person who just I think I think she's quite beautiful I, I just I love her smile I love her style I'm really very taken with Amy Schneider um, so we'll leave that there too if you're a Jeopardy fan um, I didn't here's a, here's something that's not noted um, but I'm playing Wordle and I just saw somebody refer to it and I'll just check it out and I absolutely love it it's one a day six tries to guess the word Five blanks, a five-letter word every day. Um, you just guess a word, you know, Dixie. Type in D-I-X-I-E, and it'll tell you if any of those letters are correct. If it's in the right place, if the D is in the right place, you get one color. Uh, if it's the right letter, but it's not in the wrong place, you get a different color. And if it's not there, you get another color altogether. So by process of elimination, and they have the alphabet down below, and you can see which words you've tried, which letters you've tried. It's so beautifully simple, and it's only once a day, and you get six tries only. And there's a nice way of recording, you know, just, you know, share your results with people. So far on Facebook, nobody has blurbed out the word the way sometimes, like on a soap opera like Coronation Street, somebody will cheat and say, oh, I guess this is going to happen. And when you know they've looked at the English version or they've gone ahead somehow and they've ruined it for everybody, you know, and they wanted to appear smart, like, oh, I guess this. Well, yeah, anyway, nobody's doing that on Wordle. They're bragging about the results. Oh, today I got today in three, you know, or two, just lucky. How you get one, how you'd ever, you know, nobody will get one because you'd have to just guess whatever the magic word was. Magic, you know. Now, I have a system that I absolutely love. I, I wait till the morning. It goes on at midnight. It's there. And, but I wait till the next day. And I look and I wait till one word comes to my mind. And whatever word that is, five-letter word, whatever word comes in, bam, that's the one I put. And I hope it's a word with at least a couple of vowels because you know it's going to be vowels. And uh, sometimes you're lucky and, oh, you got those words in the right place or those letters in the right place. But uh, otherwise, process of elimination, okay, if it's not there and it's not there and it wasn't there, it's going to have to go here or here. Anyway, it's great fun. It's great fun. Wordle. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm telling you about this in case anybody is listening from the future. Why would you be? I don't know. But if you were, oh, Wordle. What was that? Was that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. People are really enjoying it. All right. Um, gosh, by golly, 
that's all I had for notes. I did borrow from Anthony. Anthony always says, now here's the thing. Now here's the thing. And so I'm I'm entitling this particular episode, Here's the Thing. And that perfectly encapsulates the Dixon Jane's podcast. Well, here's the thing. Whatever the thing happens to be right now, me sitting in the cold. Okay, now back to the beginning. Why was I stupid? Holy fuck, I got to get home. And I see even where I am in Thompson Park, it was not plowed very well. And there's a very, quite a slope going out. And I've got to make sure, because if you're, if you're stuck here, you are fucked. And you're fucking up everybody behind you. So I've got to get out of this. I'm already planning a route home. Okay, maybe I should avoid Lawrence, even though it'll be downhill some of the way. Go up uh, Brimley, across Ellesmere, down Bellamy. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. <sighs> anyway, oh, this is, this is another beautiful, I love this. I actually like the um, Gene Autry or, or uh, Roy Rogers version better, but that's good. Here's one I remember. All these I remember from my youth. This one's beautiful. Listen to this. Yeah, honey. Times when we're apart, I, I could sometimes fart. Oh, wrong word. Sorry. Say you'll never stray more than just two lips away. Oh my God. If my hours could be spent near you, if my hours could be put near you, what? I'd be more than Whoa, whoa, it's getting dirty now. I heard that. Make my life worthwhile by telling me that I'll spend the rest of my day. All right. I hope you continue to listen to uh, the Dixon Jane's podcast. Uh, shout out to my good friend from way back, Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenneth is all over the place in the U.S. of A. Um, he just texted me recently, or we exchanged greetings, and I don't even know where he is. Somewhere, let's see, let's see, let's see. Kenneth, um, Asheville, Asheville. Now, where the hell is Asheville? Uh, I couldn't even tell you what state uh, it's in. But uh, there he is, or there he was. Uh, and also our other friend, uh, Yasser, who, I mean, maybe Colorado, I don't know, hard to keep track, these people, these mystery people out there. And another shout out to uh, Singapore Sam, no longer, it is now Rob in Thailand, and uh, always posting pictures, which are always entertaining, a absolutely beautiful wife, tell her I said so, Rob, my goodness, she's gorgeous. And a palatial home in northern Thailand, as well as his own little escape shack. So uh, quite an exciting life from somebody I knew at Carleton University, a a huge factor in bringing me to Japan. And uh, and then, bam, off he went back to uh, finish up a degree and uh, off to Singapore and now retired. Well, no, he's not retired. Still teaching in Thailand and uh, doing well for himself. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Thompson Park. Gotta make my way home and I hope there is uh, no trouble on the way. Bye-bye. That's a little better. Okay, folks, Scarborough Dude back at you. Oh, my gosh. It is now already, uh, whoa, January the 20th, 2022. A lot of twos in there, twos and zeros. Um, just after three in the afternoon, I am at uh, Bluffers Park 
On a cold but beautifully sunny day, I, I looked out the window and thought, oh man, i got to get outside. Uh, the roads have been cleared, so it was safe driving down the hill knowing I could get back up the hill. Um, but the parts of the city still aren't cleared, and uh, boy, there's a lot of ice on sidewalks and so on. So it's still uh, a bit scary out there. But that's winter. The Where I'm parked now at the boat launch, it's frozen over. And yeah, these Canada geese, I thought they migrated. And I, I've seen them, or I've heard they would truck them out of here, put them somewhere else. There's so many. And I'm looking at easily three dozen these are big suckers. And they're just sitting on the cold pavement. Like, they're blocking the road entirely. You've got to drive around them or very, very slow. And they'll move. But in this cold, you feel bad. Like, they're just sitting there. And you feel, I don't want to disturb them any more than they need to be. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a brutal winter sometimes. But... I'm so grateful for the four seasons. You just can't believe how happy that makes me. Like, that is my world. I've um, lived in other places, you know, uh, when, like, Nigeria, when you had, you had seasons, they were just different. You know, you had Harmattan, the dry, you had rainy season. So that was exciting. In Japan, uh, where I lived, certainly Yokohama, Kawasaki, Tokyo area, um, you'd occasionally get a snowfall, not very often. It was so beautiful when it did snow, especially in the old temples when I was in Kamakura. But um, this idea of winter's coming, there's going to be snow and ice, and you're going to have to shovel or build snowmen or throw snowballs as we did in our youth. Great fun. Love it. Uh, summer being at the bottom of the list in terms of favorites. Anyway, I'm here. I made myself a nice drink before I came. Just the right one. It's um, one of those instant sweet coffee things in a little package. You can just add the hot water. But to that, I add a little Rolo for extra sickening sweetness. And uh, a little spoonful of instant coffee to give it a little extra zap. In a very, in my nice big mug, you know, a man-sized mug called a Trudeau with a big handle. Just the right thing. Just the right thing for today. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Stop. <laughs> okay. I'm back. Oh, that was very fitting. Um, I was watching from my window... An old man, quite short, you know, he looked to be in his, uh, uh, you know, maybe 70s, I don't know, hard to tell, uh, with walking to the recycle bin with a coffee mug and a little tray. And it's set back off the road, and of course, there's a snowbank to get to it. And I'm watching him, and I'm, I just get this funny feeling. And next thing you know, bam, he is down. And he's just like sitting there on his arse uh, in front you know, <laughs> of the recycle bin. He's just sitting there, uh, not moving. And uh, that's when I said, I, I got to go. And wonderful, by the time I got there, there were already two other men, uh, at one on either side of them. And managed to lift them. I'm there. I'm hobbling over with my cane just in case they need backup. But <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, it was fine. I mean, they, they got him up, one under each armpit. They got him standing up and uh, they wanted to take it from him. And he wanted to put it in himself. No, no, not that one. This one, you know, it was a recycle. <laughs> and... Uh, then turned around and they they still had one arm, uh, you know, one hand under each arm and sort of guided him through the snowbank onto the pavement. And everybody got a bit of a laugh out, out of it. He thanked them so much. And uh, I said, lucky for you, you got a soft landing. But it was a nice little Canadian scene, you know, like the people were sitting in their car looking out at the water, watching the geese. 
And suddenly, oh, <laughs> I don't know how many people saw this man fall. There's, a, there's just only a few cars here. But how quick uh, everybody went to his aid, you know. And uh, he was just, he was he was laughing by the time he got back to toward his car. So, yeah, Canada. Uh, I, I say that word, and then suddenly I want to go into that other place. Our neighbor. Ah, maybe that's. I did make a note, so I will read what I, I've been thinking. Uh, Biden was, I guess, one year in office today, I think, or yesterday, and gave a speech, and things aren't getting passed, and he's got two holdouts on the Democrats who won't vote with him on anything. You, you know their names, and it just—I think just you know my my initial reaction is why like. Why are they making it so difficult? I thought they were Democrats. Why? Why is this party in such array? And I've been reading articles about the fighting over petty things, and in this in this day of you know wokeness and everything else, and the focus on look. I mean, these are extreme times. In so many ways, but especially in terms of the rich getting richer and the poor being poorer. And it's like the middle class eroding. And, and it's just, it's so clearly wrong. The whole track is wrong. It's like communism we used to look at the old days, gone off track. You know, there's an elite and, and mass starvations and everything that's going wrong. And it is happening. It is there. In America today, sorry. But I've been thinking through all this. What if Bernie had been chosen? Like, I, I really, I held out so much hope for Bernie. Like, Bernie, to me, was the answer. He's like the Canadian answer. Yeah, Medicare for all. Yeah, like a minimum wage. Yeah, all these things. And even people I know would just say, well, no, there's no hope. Nobody, he would never get elected. They could never, it's not possible. Nobody is ready for a, air quotes, socialist. But God damn it, that's the fuck what you need. Go fucking socialist, America. Fucking tax the fuck it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I do apologize. I know, I know I only have a few American listeners and, and who are I consider friends. And I, I know, I'm very conscious that this must be annoying. And I can understand people just, I'm not going to listen to fucking Scarborough dude anymore. All he does is badmouth America, and that's not what I mean to do. It's just, just this terrible, terrible sadness. Listening to a podcast today about one of these, you know, research series sort of dramas, but about the Hunt, Hunt brothers trying to uh, corner the silver market. It's very well done, very interesting. But just that idea that people can have that much money and, you know, all right, now what we're going to do, we're going to be even richer by billions if we can control all of the world's silver supply. I'm going to, you know, uh, yeah. anyway, I'm crying for Bernie. And enough, surely Bernie could have done a better job than Biden. But, you see, I don't really know. I'm up here. I'm just responding to what I see on TV and, and somebody down there. My American friends know much better what's going on, but it's just, it, it was this hope. It's like, it's like, yeah, peace. I, I listened to a couple of podcasters. I am rambling, but I am, I, it is all, all of the same. Um, talking about the Beatles, uh, you know, the uh, Get Back t uh, series that everybody's watched. And I, I'm very happy when people like in their 30s, are loving the Beatles. Like, wow, that is amazing. You know, my age, I understand. But all generations loving the Beatles. But when they started picking it apart, and Paul comes up the favorite, I'm just, you know, yeah, okay, but, you, yeah, but, you know, and John, the least favorite. Oh, my God, come on, guys. Come on, don't you get it? And yeah, you know, and Yoko kind of annoying, and they agree. No, Yoko didn't break up the Beatles. They were, they were, it was at their end anyway. But John was kind of a jerk, and I'm thinking, geez, there was a bigger picture here, boys. They outgrew that music. They, 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 they. John had bigger issues. 
bigger stories, bigger things to do than craft out, you know, more pop hits. Anyway, 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 that was just my opinion. I'm still big. I kept saying, Ken, Ken, back up. Big picture, big picture. These guys love the Beatles. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. doesn't matter if they don't love them the way you love them. Okay? <laughs> Let's get that clear. Uh, back to Bernie. A little quote on his uh, Twitter account today. Yes, the challenges we face are enormous. It's easy to understand why many may fall into depression and cynicism. This is a state of mind, however, that we must resist, not only for ourselves, but for our kids and future generations. Despair is not an option. Those are, uh, that was Bernie. All right, so I'm done with that. But it, it just, there's just oh, some hope when they say that Trump will have to release those papers, all to do with, you know, leading up to January the 6th, that people will, prosecutors will see that stuff. Well, who who was talking to who and what did they say and what, who visited and uh, what messages are sent? Wow, surely that's got to be incriminating. Anyway, moving on, uh, another podcast I listened to, and I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to just mention it once more, Cocaine and Rhinestones, History of Country Music, The History of Country Music, and that is by Tyler Mahan Cole, whose father is a big somebody in country music too. Tyler dropped out of school, led the led his father's band, or his manager, I guess, and uh, they had a falling out when the father fired everybody, but uh, anyway... This is the most incredibly well-researched podcast out there. This is history. When they say history, they're doing history. And these last few weeks have been about um, George Jones, this broken-down, you know, alcoholic, cocaine-addicted country music star. What a story there. And um, I forgive me. Forgive me. The woman who he was married to and was just continually in and out of hospital and in the end married. You know, I, I'm, I'm coming up with Mary. I'm coming up with Kitty. I'm coming up with – it'll come to me. You you can fill in the dots. You know who I'm talking about. The, the, sort of the, one of the queens of country music. And we're not talking Dolly Parton here. We're talking somebody with a really sad life. Again, herself, totally addicted to painkillers, surgeries all the time. And the husband she married – and I've never heard somebody come out as such a villain who basically worked her to death, like cut her off from her children from her first marriage and controlled all the money and set his brother up owning her publishing company and just milked her for every dollar he could get out of her uh, right up until her death. And then there are stories about a third wife. Um Leaving the house sort of the next day wearing, uh, I was going to say Tanya, it's not Tanya either, uh, wearing her jewelry and some of her clothes, you know, and driving off in the latest Cadillac. And just, uh, this guy, this guy was evil. But, mind you, if you're listening, if you're believing all this, the thing is, he does the research and he, he's, it's just incredible. And I know for anybody not interested, you'd say, well, I, I don't like country music. But it's not just about the country music. It's about the people, the lives of celebrities, uh, the pain some people go through, the the insecurities. Like, it's just so in-depth. It's just a fascinating story. And these podcasts are about, you know, sometimes they run up to two hours. And he does notes at the end. And the whole thing, you can find, I think, the transcript up there on his blog uh, it's just, just amazing. So that is, um, uh, cocaine and rhinestones. I would listen to absolutely every single episode. There's not one that I've heard that hasn't just at all gripped me and, uh, really held my interest. Okay. Um, you know, sometime or other, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw the name out there because you know who it is, but it's a simple, you know, a first name, a last name of a famous country music singer well-known in Nashville and everywhere else, who uh, performed right up until the 80s, I guess. I mean, no, she died in the 90s, I think. 
All right. So I think that's about it for uh, today. Gosh. Oh, yeah. I had a little clip before this and then this clip. Is it the before and after the man falling? Um, not a whole lot more. It is, um, it's a Thursday, I said. And normally I'm finished the podcast by then. But this week, I just, this week, I just let things go. Uh, the, the final part I want to talk about is I'm having very enjoyable days. Like I get up with Naoko, I make sure I'm up before she leaves, have my coffee, watch the news. Yuki usually wants up on my lap for a little bit. And then, you know, around 10.30, oh, it's time for 10, 10.30, time for my shower and I have my shower and get all clean and dressed up and pick my favorite shirt and T-shirt and feeling good. Then I kind of lounge around like, well, you know, I may as well just hang around till lunch. And then I poke around and find out what I want to have for lunch. There's always some leftovers or something else. And then after lunch, I really feel like a little rest now. I've got belly full. I just want to lie down. And now Yuki is trained like a dog. Like when I go upstairs, Yuki follows me and gets right up on the bed. I lay out a a t-shirt for her. That's what she lies on. And she rolls over and asks me to just just hold her belly, just hold her in. She wants the security of this warm human hand just holding her in place. And I just, I have a podcast, you know, I'm listening to and I just sort of drift off and I'll rewind the podcast where I left off. And uh, and then I tell myself, Ken, 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 you, you know, you could easily stay here all day, but you're not going to. So then... Um, that's it. Then I can decide, well, do I want to go out like today? Then I go down to Bluffers. It's sunny. It's bright. There's a beautiful view. It's nice looking out at the water. The sun is just pounding in my uh, passenger window now, like bright, like a blinding brightness. That's so nice to feel. And listen to a little music on the CD player, you know. And I'll get back for four. You know, I want the car's got to be back in the garage before Nelco gets home sometime after five, and I plan, what am I going to cook tonight? And tonight I'm going to make, going to try something new, a Mexican cornbread. And it's got all kinds of ingredients. So yesterday, actually, I'd go out and buy cornmeal and baking soda and stuff, or baking powder, I guess, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Stuff that I I never have because I never bake, but I'm getting into the baking now. (laughs) I'm holding the mic away while I sneeze. I hope you appreciate that. And so I'm kind of excited about that and think, well, I'm just going to have this, you know, bake this dish of Mexican cornbread. It's going to have hamburger meat and sour cream and peppers and lots of stuff in it, you know. Cheese, lots of cheese. Well, that'll be good, but you need something with it. So I thought, well, I'll just get a can of tomato soup. And then I got these instant Uncle Ben's rices with different flavors. Yeah, Toss in one of those, one of the, you know, and, and add a little extra milk and thicken the soup up a little bit. Add something else and make a nice thick hot bowl of tomato rice soup with a little extra flavor in it to serve in. I've got the white cups. I'm even thinking about the cups I'm going to serve this in and the plates and have that for Naoko and Daniel when they get home. And then we sit down and we watch. Um, now that we've finished... Giri Haji, which I hope I told you, I raved about on Netflix. Um, That's done. So we'll watch Coronation Street together and talk about, you know, how angry we are at certain... We all have our favorite characters and characters we don't like and our our predictions. And then Daniel has his calendar that I bought him, the um, Jeopardy calendar, and he'll tear off the next page and ask the question, and we all... Put in their answers, and sometimes now Elko's the one who gets answers like Sarajevo. Yeah, you're right. I, I couldn't think of that one, and and she's surprised us a few times. And we do it sort of together, and then check the answer, and we do that, and then we go on to Jeopardy, the real Jeopardy um, show, and watch Amy Schneider continue to win. Uh, and shouting out our guesses and so on. It's just pleasant. And then in the evening, Daniel goes down to the basement to paint his little his miniature, um, these things, Warhammer figures and tanks and stuff. 
and I'll flick around the TV and like yesterday I watched a few westerns and you know there's always something good on and then catch a bit of news and there the, the the day is done you know and I meanwhile I do like if a bill comes in the bill gets paid right away so the stuff that's needed the grocery shopping the paying the bills the shoveling the putting down salt on the ice I'm doing the necessities I'm just not doing any of the shoulds I'm not doing the shoulds. And there's just a tinge of guilt about that. But what I've just described to you is such a wonderful day. Like, why Why would I? Why, why push myself when I can enjoy this bit of retirement? I'm 73. My working life is over. You know, continue to, to sit there and be miserable or watch just mindless TV and nothing else. That's just a waste of time or to be sitting there drinking beer at one in the afternoon. No, I'm not doing that. I rarely drink anything at home. I'm not smoking weed. I'm not need, having the need to get high to enjoy stuff more like I used to. Um, it's just it's just a happy, comfortable life. What the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> and who's asking anyway? <laughs> I'm not. All right, all right, enough. I'm going to go back here. Sorry. Stay with me while I have one last sip of this sweet chocolate drink. Ah, oh, it's just the thing for today. That that's another thing I did. Make yourself a nice drink. Take it to Bluffers Park. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. All right, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to uh put the keys in. Where the hell are the keys? And listen to a little more music, and let's see what's what have we got here? Did I put a did I put a CD in? I don't know. Come on, come on, bear with me. I'll. I'll... If I had some more time to spend, then I guess I'd be with you, my friend. If I needed some. I need 
Yeah, listen, um, it's Friday, January 21st, and um, I recorded an extra clip yesterday before I left Bluffers Park. Uh, it was to Anthony, who does the uh, Not After 30 podcast. He's got a few things going, a whole network, I think, the Billy Shears Podcasting Studio And uh, sometimes he does a podcast just sort of checking in on his own mental health, which uh, I enjoy. It's a sort of a personal one, you know, uh, private. But a lot of the other stuff, they do a lot of sports. He's, of course, of a younger generation. And um, a couple of days ago, he recorded with his friend Coach a a podcast about the Beatles and, in particular, a review of... uh, Get Back, the movie which everybody listening to this has already watched, I'm sure. And I sent in a comment, or I recorded a comment, and I've decided I'm going to include it here too. So really, this is not normally a Dixon Jeans clip. It's something that I was going to send to somebody else. I did, and um, I thought I'd end the podcast with that here because maybe it applies a lot of the people uh, who are younger and love the Beatles It would be easy to hate people like me who just feel that the Beatles are ours. And I I really have a possessiveness about them. Uh, But, you know, anyway, I'll let it speak for itself. Um, I want to do a quick shout out. I've only got four minutes. So uh, to Sage, Todd, and Dagan Turtle. Uh, These are people in Toronto, former Americans who came up and took out citizenship here. And uh, Canada is a better country for having them here. Very creative. Sage, as you know, is a storyteller. Uh, She does sort of one-person presentations and shows. A very creative writer. Just an all-around creative person, in particular storytelling. Uh, She had a a piece just put out, um, I found today, online. That was published, and Todd also, her husband Todd, also had a piece published today, which was very good, about the area where they live here in Toronto. And the son Dagan I've been following, who is very creative and just expressing himself through art in different ways, and wow, who no telling where uh, he will get to. Just a very creative family, and I just want to give a shout-out. I, I often talk about people doing wonderful things they have done incredible stuff here uh one final comment i know i apologize for bad mouth in the usa uh i had somebody else who was american cheer me on and say please keep at it keep going uh and he ended his comments with hopefully the chinese are merciful to us all because i had mentioned that uh if america goes down fighting you know amongst civil war whatever we will be drawn into it. There is no escape from the number of people fleeing across the border or when it comes down to water becoming that scarce resource that it will be in future. And uh, uh, whoever is in charge of the United States deciding they need our water uh, if we're not already swallowed up by them. But I, I, I see it going the other way. More and more states will want to join Canada. And uh, that would be uh, that's another way for it to play out. Anyway, I've already gone over the time. So uh, here we go to um, what my take on uh, my love for the Beatles. Scarborough Dude, see you next week. Or here, you'll hear me next week. Bye for now. Hello there, Anthony. I don't uh, recall you ever requesting listener feedback, but uh, that's what I'm going to give you right now. I just listened to your podcast uh, yesterday, The Beatles Get Back. Uh, you and uh, Coach, is it Pericone or Pericone? Coach. And um, I, I listened while I was shopping for groceries, and it was a it was a wonderful distraction on top of that. But I, I had to listen because I'm a Beatles fan, you know. I loved the Get Back series the way you guys loved it. Well, no, I didn't love it the way you guys loved it. I loved it in a different way for different reasons. And that's why I'm sending in a little feedback. I'll try and keep it short, but uh, uh, I'm a little bit wordy, so uh, forgive me. And uh, I don't know if you'll ever want to play this or not, but uh, I'll leave that up to you. I'm of the age, I'm 73, so I grew up with the Beatles. I saw them at the Montreal Forum in 1964, 65, I think it was. Yeah, it must have been. Uh, somebody got me a ticket because I was supposed to chaperone two girls. 
and it was the height of Beatlemania. Nothing but screaming. You didn't hear them. They hated Montreal. Somebody was threatening to kill Ringo, and uh, they never went back. But it was, you know, it's a thing. I file that away as for my credentials. Hey, I know these. I got interested in the Beatles because every girl in high school back then, we're talking the early 60s, loved the Beatles, and uh, they'd spend the weekend sketching out their favorite Beatle, and uh, it was just a thing. Again, this was Beatlemania. These are the early days, and that's the music that still today speaks to me. But it's an age thing, and people my age uh, feel almost like they belong to us. They were ours. Now, i got to make this really clear. I absolutely love the fact that generation after generation after generation discovers and falls in love with the Beatles. Like nothing could be better than them having this huge, wide, worldwide age levels, all age levels fandom. Like people just, I love that music. There was something incredible about them. I'm a Stones fan too, but it's just not the same. The Beatles touched everybody. And so we get a little possessive sometimes and when we're listening to people like somebody your age who discovered them sort of after the fact i'm the same about pink floyd a lot of people discovered pink floyd with uh dark side of the moon and i feel whoa 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 hang on we were smoking hash over a water pipe listening to amagama and listening to the piper at the gates of dawn this that's pink floyd you know, I love Dark Side of the Moon. Saw them play that in a theater, too, or in the University of Montreal. But that's, it's the same thing. It's sort of discovering them later. We went along with them. And I think the thing that makes us so possessive and and makes them so important in our lives, we grew up with them. They were only, a, you know, a year or two older than us, a few years at best. And... As they change, you know, starting off with Twist and Shout and She Loves You and all that early stuff, and then Dylan turns them on to weed. Well, we got turned on to hash and weed at the same time. And then they get into acid, and then we discover acid. They were our gurus, and that's what makes them so important. They were our gurus. We were following. They were our leaders. And especially during a time of... of the 60s, the revolution, the the war in Vietnam backdrop, and, and the, the, here's this group singing about love. Well, it went from the simple love of I want to hold your hand to what the world needs is more love and, and care. Now I'll get to my point. The way you talked about your favorites. <laughs> For a lot of Beatle fans, Paul is sort of almost at the bottom of the list. Because Paul never outgrew being a Beatle. Paul... Loved the cuteness. Paul was the cute one. More of the girls loved Paul. And he stayed that way. And I I have more respect now for Paul than I ever had in my life. Because he can still, he's got his shit together. He can still produce music. He's still an interesting guy. Well, not so interesting. But he's still still a nice guy. And, you know, was a vegan before before he was a thing and... So I I respect Paul, but John was our leader. John was the leader. And I think the the part that when you guys sort of said, yeah, he he was kind of a dickhead, he wasn't really trying, that just, you know, man, oh, man, did that ever. I'm in the grocery store and I'm having a hard time controlling myself. Like, oh, whoa, what are you saying? I am very glad you both agreed it wasn't Yoko who split up the Beatles. Great. Because a lot of people just blamed everything on her. Oh, she wrecked it. And that's not the case. They were done. And you recognize that. So that's to your credit. And I'm not beating up on you guys. Hey, have whatever favorite you like. I'm glad you I'm glad you got more respect for Ringo. Because he was just happy being a Beatle. And, and what a great thing. And, and there was a huge percentage of the people, even way back then, who loved Ringo. Because they, they wanted to mother him, you know. Ugly-looking guy with a big nose. Oh, what a darling. He made the Beatles. They wouldn't have made it the same without Ringo. He was just that little extra bit of chemistry. You see that when you see the movies, especially in A Hard Day's Night. Uh, That Yeah, that was the the extra element 
that they needed. And uh, it was a good thing they got rid of Pete Best. Uh, Brian Epstein, such a sad, sad story of him, but he made the Beatles. I mean, without Brian Epstein, no, they, none of this would have happened. And it was their success that allowed them to go on and create bigger and greater things. And you recognize that too. But the part I want to get to, John, John had to grow. Yoko was the person that said, yeah, okay, the Beatles was something you did when you were young. But there's a whole world out there. She was an artist in her own right and had been before meeting the Beatles. She, she had a, a broader vision. She was bright. She had a history. And John was looking for something more than what the Beatles could offer him. And she gave that. And it's a wonderful thing that John went on in those years spent in New York, just bringing up Sean. Were wonderful years, and John could be a father again. Sorry that he wasn't able to give this to Julian. He became human. He became compassionate. But more than that, he became a true activist for peace, for world peace. When they did the, the, the bed in for peace, when they erected these signs, war is over if you want it. This was the greater, bigger, bigger picture that was important. And John grew into that greater person. And people like myself who, you know, I'll use the word worship John, who, who have so much respect, we miss him till this day. It, there's, a, there's a hole where John used to be. In, in, in times of turmoil in the States during, during the... Trump years and so on, the number of times I'd sort of be thinking, God, I'd love to hear what John would have to say about this. What would he be putting in the paper? What would people be asking him? And it's not like he was a saint. He was full of flaws. I mean, of course he was. He wasn't perfect. But he was thinking. He was doing the best he could possibly could. He put himself out there naked. That's why they literally put out an album of the pictures of themselves naked. On the cover, this is it. This is this is the real person. This is who I am. I'm not that beetle guy with a fancy haircut and so on. I'm, I'm a human. and I want a better world. So I guess I've ranted on enough. And I don't know if you'll appreciate this or not, but I was delighted, and I'm glad I listened to you guys, and I'm very happy. Enjoyed his music. I think what really spurred me on is I'm holding in my hand a CD. It's called Harrison Covered, and it was put up by Mojo Magazine from 2011. I don't think you could even find this anywhere. And it is an incredible cover of 15 songs by, like, the Web Sisters used to back up Leonard Cohen. And uh, a whole lot of people doing great, great, great covers of If I Needed Someone, I Need You, Give Me Love, Here Comes the Sun, uh, think for yourself, so sad, and uh, just great, great music. I'm glad you picked up on what a great musician George was. Uh, there is a quote I will read to you on the back, um, and I think this is what I'll end with, uh, just to give you both of you a salute for recognizing George in quotes. I believe I love my guitar more than the others love theirs. For John and Paul... Songwriting is pretty important, and guitar playing is a means to an end. That was George, not long before he died. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, that's how he saw his role uh, in the Beatles back in 1969, right at the end. That's what he said. He was overshadowed by the others, but um, he, he had it. And it, it's so wonderful, and I'm glad... And I hope you do, uh, Coach Des, go out and get a copy of uh, All Things Must Past and uh, some of the other stuff he's done. And it's great that George went on to play with other people, the Traveling Wilburys, great stuff. So uh, anyway, hats off. I guess the one thing we can share in common, I'll end on this positive note, we love the Beatles. They have made this world a better place. Amen. <laughs>